the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right. Welcome in to the Bruce Hooley Show. It's Friday, October 27th. And as Bob France would say, the year of our Lord, 2023, it's a time for choosing. You have lots of choices to make before pulling the lever on November 7th or sealing that mail-in ballot. We're going to talk about many of those choices today. It's Friday, though, and that means it's Open Line Friday. The number to call is 844-825-5989. That's 844-825-5989. Do you want to talk about issue one? Do you have questions about it? Maybe issue two? You might have questions about that. Maybe you have thoughts about the Buckeyes or the Browns or maybe a local school board race. I want to hear whatever you're thinking, so give me a call. In our first hour together today, we'll be joined by Brittany Walker. She's a Delaware County woman who has been educating voters in the area not just about the abortion and trans care matters of issue one, but about the legal argument, the legal aspects of the proposed amendment. She'll unpack those thoughts with us at 1135. John Dooley is running for Gehanna Jefferson City School District Board and will be here at 1150 to tell us why he's running and what his vision is for the school system. Right now, though, we're going to welcome in a very special guest, Ohio Senator Steve Huffman, who represents Ohio Senate District 5, which is right around the greater Dayton area. Senator Huffman, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well, besides it's raining, but it's uh, great to be alive and great to have the freedom we have. Amen. And we've got to fight like Hades to protect it, uh, or heaven, maybe. We need to fight like heaven to protect it. Hey, you're a medical doctor. We've spent a lot of time on issue one. on issue one on this show, and we might we might pivot to that in a minute, but uh, I'd like to hear from you on issue two, and I think issue two is kind of under the radar because issue one is getting a lot of money and airtime devoted to it, as are the local school board races. Now, I had uh, Senator Roman check on a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about this, but I want to give you carte blanche here. What do you think is most important for our listeners to understand about issue two? And I think we go. Well, you know, you know, I'm against it. Yeah. I think that the, the real bad part is the smoking of, of marijuana. Okay. Uh, that is extremely detrimental to your health. Uh, homegrown is horrible. Uh, homegrown is just the, will feed the illicit market. You're gonna. Some people are gonna grow it. The neighbor kid is gonna come over and pinch some off. Uh, you're gonna sell some to somebody else. And it's you know, it, it's it is a difficult plant to grow. And when you use pesticides. In, uh, uh, that can be toxic them and ingest them, mm-hmm. but also um, uh, um, uh, the mold as it dries out, 
but also the effects on, on our children. And people, you know, a ch- child will see a gummy or something and eat that. And the, 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 the long-lasting effects of THC on a, on a growing brain, developing brain, is ju- just horrible. Yeah, and one of the things I don't think we fully grasp in this country is that the frontal lobe of our brains, it doesn't develop until we're about 26 years old. And so, you know, if we're introducing gummies to kids 18, 19, 20 years old, I mean, I get the argument, well, they're adults, they should be able to if they can fight a war. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, one of the things that Senator Romanchuk talked about that just shocked me is how potent this pot would be that would be permitted. Are, are you familiar with that, this this THC threshold of a minimum of 35 percent? Well, I, I think that is up to be uh, interpreted. Okay. Uh, I've recently had an attorney said that it, that it is less than 35 percent. But, uh, you, you know, if you go back to, uh, I'm not sure how old you are, but back to my, my parents back in the 60s, it's, the average THC level at Woodstock was about 6 percent. And, you know, through cultivation and, and genetics and things, uh, it can get up to, to 30, 34, 35, 36 percent. And so you're not just catching a buzz. You're you're you're, you're really getting intoxicated. You know, the other thing that we talked about uh, is, is the way that this is is structured. And um, well, first of all, it's, it's important to remind listeners, I think, that this isn't a proposed amendment. I, I guess if there is a silver lining, it is that it is a proposed statute. So let me ask this dumb question. If this thing does pass, is is there ability to run it through the legislative process again and make changes and amendments to, to make it more palatable and, and safer? Yes. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think it would be very difficult to just take away all of it. But to, to me, that there's uh, a number of aspects, including uh, the homegrown. Uh, there's a provision in there to give preference to convicted drug felons to get a license to get into the medical marijuana industry. What? That, that you know, that, that that's just ridiculous yeah. to me. Uh, and I think a, a number of other um, uh, uh, provisions uh, to make it better. But we, yes, we have the ability uh, and we'll see if we can do that uh, if this happens. But I, I hope we don't uh, even have to go there. And this might be a dumb question. I think I know the answer. Why I thought that there was some legislation introduced last General Assembly. I think that there are some bills laying around somewhere in the General Assembly. They might be in committee. Why? Why wasn't? Why isn't this something that's going on in the General Assembly? And, and why are we trying to do it with a citizen-initiated um, uh, statute? Yeah, you're right. Uh, I know uh, Representative Callender and um, I think Weinstein has a, had a bill last General Assembly and this General Assembly, um, you know, to, to to make marijuana legal for adult use under their own our own terms. So. Uh, I can't really answer that. You, you know, I had uh, 2016 had uh, a House Bill 523 to legalize medical marijuana, and I believe that is a total different subject. Um, uh, you know, and I currently have Senate Bill 9 to kind of improve that process. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes uh, the General Assembly doesn't want to step up and take on uh, um, uh, challenging issues. Is the difference in – so I'm going to show my cards here. I, I don't know much about pot. I don't know much about weed, marijuana. Is the, what's the difference between medical use and recreational? Is, is it a THC versus cannabis thing or is it strength or is it just, is it just you have a medical condition and this will make it better? Can, can you explain that to our, our listeners? 
I think it is. You have a medical problem. Uh, in the uh, medical marijuana in, in the state of Ohio, you have to go to a physician. They give you a recommendation. You have to go to approved pharmacist. No one is growing it for you. Um, and, and so it's it's the, the medical use. And I, and I think part of the re- problem here is the federal government. And I've said this for years. It, we have medical marijuana in, in adult use, possibly, in other states. The absolute failure of the Federal Drug Administration to reclassify the marijuana from a, a Scheduled One drug, which by definition has no medical purpose at all, to a Scheduled Two, so that places like Ohio State and our other institutes and in institutions in the state can do research and say it's really good for post-traumatic stress disorder, and it has to be this type or, and things like that. But they can't do it because it's a Scheduled One drug. Um, and it's really handcuffed people. I think the federal government really needs to get off off the, their back and do something. So we've got about a minute and a half here. The other thing, two two things that are interesting about this uh, proposed statute. One is the tax rate at ten percent, and then it, it appears that there's almost a, a kickback or a stream of revenue that the marijuana industry would get that, that, in some sense, I think creates a monopoly for some types of companies. Can you speak to that? Sure. So basically. The, Issue two is being funded by the level one growers in the medical marijuana industry. And so they're going to get this monopoly for a number of years to be the exclusive growers of the recreational. And built, and they're going to get so many uh, um, dispensaries. Uh, and so they have this huge financial interest um, in, in this. Um, and so, you know, that's what makes it different. I mean, we would love to see capitalism uh, in this in- industry, but it's really hard in a he- highly regulated industry. But we we need to get closer and closer to that so that the industry decides, you know, who makes it and how much and, and not the government. Yeah, and I think we've seen this movie before with casinos. Now, the difference there, that was written into the Constitution. But we've seen this before where special interests come in and they try to establish some sort of monopoly. Um, about 30 seconds here, uh, Senator Huffman. And, uh, what else do you want our listeners to know about Issue 2? Well, I, I, I just think, you know, and particularly the, the, the problems with children, the workforce issues, if, if the guy next to you on the machine line is high or driving the forklift when he's high, uh, is, is very difficult, to, and the inability to do drug testing on um, employers is, is going to really handcuff, and that's why you see the, the Ohio Chamber and the Roundtable uh, very against this um, initiative. He is uh, Steve Huffman. He's state senator from the 5th District of Ohio. Senator Huffman, thank you for carving out time to join us today on The Bruce Woolley Show. We really appreciate you, sir. You guys take care. Have a good day. You too, sir. Hey, uh, thank you for tuning in to The Bruce Woolley Show on 98.9 FM, The Answer. Um, We have a lot lined up for you today, so um, make sure that you're listening. Uh, 1135, Brittany Walker will be here to talk about issue one, the legal aspects, not just abortion and trans care. And then we'll round out the hour. You don't want to miss John Dooley. He's a school board candidate uh, over at Gahanna Jefferson City School District. So uh, more on the other side of this break. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome back into the Bruce Hooley Show on 98.9 FM, The Answer. 
I'm Jack Windsor, Editor-in-Chief of the Ohio Press Network. You can find us at theohiopressnetwork.com. The Ohio Press Network, that's where you'll get a pulse on the people, policies, and politics affecting your everyday life. And you'll get the news and angles you won't find anywhere else at theohiopressnetwork.com. Truthful news, news you can trust. Uh, speaking of news, uh, we are less than two weeks away from November 7th. That's the final day you can cast your votes in this election. Numbers from the Secretary of State's office show that early votes cast as of last week at this time were about 3,600 less than in August during that special election. This is despite the fact that 50% more absentee ballots were requested in this election cycle. What does that mean? Well, to me, it seems to signal that Ohioans are mulling over their choices. Folks, it's a time for choosing. We must decide if we favor abortion to birth for convenience and minor abortions and gender transitions without parental involvement, or if we believe that parents should have the right to parent their kids on major health decisions like abortions and gender reassignment surgeries, and if we want to regulate abortion after the time a child can feel pain. Ohio's Issue 1 proposed amendment language, we talked about this during the town hall, contains words like individual when describing who the amendment applies to, health when describing the reasons a care provider can abort pregnancy beyond fetal viability, and the word burden, not undue burden, apparently that was taken out, but burden when describing the type of interference that is prohibited that could interrupt the execution of an abortion or reproductive care. When terms like that are used and they are ambiguous and not defined, they are left up to the interpretation of the judiciary, read the court system. If the backers of Issue 1, Planned Parenthood, American Civil Liberties Union, didn't want to allow unlimited abortions, which, by the way, who benefits from unlimited abortions? Does Planned Parenthood? Yeah, they do. If they didn't want to allow unlimited abortions and sought to protect parents' rights to intercede in abortion and gender transition care decisions of minors, answer me this. Why didn't they provide language in the amendment to do those things? Those are questions voters may be asking as they step inside voting booths across the Buckeye State and when they seal their mail-in ballots. Now, at a minimum, voters deserve the full-scope truth about what the amendment does and may legalize. And if you have not yet read Attorney General Dave Yost's legal interpretation of Issue 1 and Issue 2, get over to his website. They're available there. Read them. Ask questions about them. Tell your friends about what really is in both. But back to issue one, it is an amendment that would allow limitless abortion up to the time of birth 
And since the amendment is self-executing, that's what it says in the amendment. It's self-executing. That means it would be effective immediately following the election. For any reason, and for minors to terminate pregnancies and gender transition without the help of their parents. Abortion for any reason, self-executing. You have to try to stop it in the court system and hope that you get a favorable system. If you're in Franklin, Cuyahoga, Hamilton, Wood, I don't know, name the county where there is likely a liberal blue Kool-Aid drinking judge, you might be up the creek. Now, a responsible press and supporters of abortion protections should provide at least an honest, full display of what's possible if the amendment passes. You know, there are supporters of abortion on the right side of the aisle, the ideological aisle, conservatives, Republicans. Do you remember, do you remember the old mantra, legal, safe, effect, or excuse me, legal, safe, and rare, not effective, legal, safe, and rare? Well, that's what people want you to think this is doing. It's codifying, making legal, safe, and rare abortion. This is, this is just Roe v. Wade. No. It's actually making abortion less safe because it's removing requirements in the law like you have to be within a certain number of miles from the hospital when an abortion is performed in case there are any complications. It it would remove the need to provide uh, counseling to the mother who has just aborted a child. And it's certainly not rare. Allowing abortion for health reasons when health is not defined, the Supreme Court has already said that can mean Emotional, mental, financial, societal, health, whatever. Fill in the blank. Put, put a word in front of health and it can apply. So if you have a Planned Parenthood abortion doctor who says, mm, this lady doesn't have enough money in her bank account to adequately care for this child, so we're going to abort this child at eight months. If you think that doesn't happen already – then I would I would steer you down to the short north and the art display there, evidence. Kermit Gosnell. Amendment sponsors would also be better respected if they allowed matters to be determined by either a citizen-initiated statute or legislative changes to existing Ohio law. Both are easier to execute And they include the robust debate that's allowed in a place where Ohioans are represented, the Ohio General Assembly. But they don't want that. They want to package it the way that they want you to see it. And they're going to spend a ton of money to try to get it over the finish line. It is a time for choosing. I hope you'll choose to stay tuned to 98.9 FM. The answer, The Bruce Hooley Show. More next. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.